thank you for every blessing, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah for over, over meeting the need. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Praise God. All right, well, that brings us to the point where uh, I get to say a lot of words, I guess. So um, as the uh, praise team, let's give the praise team a hand. Uh, they, were, they were outstanding tonight. And I know they're, they're just excited about Christmas and all this other good stuff that's happening around here. Um, you may be seated. I, I don't necessarily have an opening scripture tonight. I might, I might find one, but uh, as I'm looking and, and just talking, um, I want everybody to know that, that uh, I am just, I'm in awe of, of this church and, and the people, uh, the people of this church. Uh, you guys amaze me. I, I've come farther in my life, in my walk with God, than I ever could have dreamed, in my wildest dreams. I'm going to say that just at the very beginning, right now. I'm in a, pla I, I'm in a place, God has, has brought me out of a lot of things. And I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, um, I, I don't like to get up and, and, and talk about um, all the bad things I did when I was in the world. That's just that's glorifying the world. I'm not going to glorify the world. I have, I have none of that. Um, so, um, but did I, did I make mistakes? Absolutely. Was I, was I lost uh, in my life? Absolutely. Um, let's, uh, I tell you what, let's start with just one scripture. If you, if you would like to stand, it's going to be 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. But this is not going to, this is not necessarily, like I said, the opening scripture, but I'm going to use it as that for, for this time. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. Give me a second if you can pull it up on the screen for you, everybody. It says this. <clears throat> Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say faithful. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. This should, this should comfort us. This is a scripture that tells us God is supremely interested in everything that we do. And we need, we need to understand that, that sin does not have control over our lives anymore we are we are no longer in the world we are in christ so uh you may be seated and i think probably i don't know maybe this is just me but i think one of the hardest things to do is to come up with a title when you're uh preaching sometimes it just comes right up other times it's like man what am i gonna title this but i did give this a title and it's a hopeful title and it's all good. I'm going to call this, um, um, we're going to title this, It's All Good. Um, so everybody say, it's all good. It's all good. Um, now, that brings us probably to the, one of the very most popular scriptures that discusses that and uh, is very familiar to many, Romans 8 and 28. And I'm going to uh, finish this one out. 
and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. That is a promise. That is, that is a promise from God. We are, you may be going through a dark time. You may be going through a trial. You may be experiencing loss in your life. There may be many things happening, but God is going to be there for you. He is going to turn things around as long as you stay with him, as long as you stay hand in hand with God or with, the, with Jesus every step of the way. You cannot go wrong. The, the battle is already won, church. The battle is already won. We just have to do our part and show up. And just like we're doing right now tonight, the battle is already won. God will make a way for you. God wants to make a way for you. Uh, we must hold up our end of the bargain and demonstrate our faith unto God in our actions and with our lives. It doesn't just say uh, God's going to work everything together for good for them that love God, but also who, them are called according to his purpose. We have to understand we need to have God's purpose guiding us in every step we take. As long as we're stepping with God, then we are safe. We are in his safety. He's going to make it good. Does it mean we'll never stumble? Absolutely not. Does it mean we'll never fall? No. But he's going to be right there to pick you up and get back on track. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a promise from God. It's a promise from God. Uh, we need to hold up our end of the bargain and demonstrate our faith unto God in our actions and with our lives. Um, I have a little story that I want to tell, and I, I do tell stories once in a while, and I am a little rusty, so you got to bear with me. Uh, this is a story that talks about faith, and um, I'm going to just go ahead and read it. Every day, prayers begin with thanking God for our basic needs like the power of sight, the ability to walk, our clothing, shoes, and all other essentials. In this prayer, we thank God for giving the rooster understanding to distinguish between day and night. So I'm going to talk about this rooster right here. But also, we need, to, we need to have a spirit of gratitude. We need to have a spirit of gratitude for all the things that God does for us and, and even the little things. And that's what's most important is we have to understand, is, is life always going to be uh, a bed of roses? Not always. But is it sometimes going to be? Absolutely. I, I certainly hope so. And I want that. Okay, here we go. While it's an amazing phenomenon that the roosters crow at the beginning of each day, it does not seem to be a basic need. Secondly, telling the difference between light and dark is not so difficult. Why does it require special understanding to distinguish between day and night? A friend once shared with me a great thought. Although a rooster crows at the beginning of each day, it actually happens sometime before it gets light. Everybody say before. Does anybody have roosters or, or chickens, or, and do they crow? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm trying to be as straightforward as I can right now. Uh, all right. When it senses the dawn will break soon, and light is on the way to substitute the darkness, he emits the crowning noise that became an ancient alarm clock. Alarm clock. So this has been going on for a little while. In every day, there are periods of light, clarity, blessings, peace of mind, prosperity. But there are also some patches of darkness, challenge, 
confusion, and difficulty. It takes a special strength not to be caught up in the moment of challenge. It takes a maturity to look beyond the darkness and see that the light awaits. A wise person learns from the rooster. He or she knows that the darkness is only temporary and light is on the way. The rooster is symbolic of an attitude filled with optimism. <clears throat> Hope and belief. The rooster teaches us to envision the and celebrate blessings. And here's the part that I want you all to catch. Before they even come. So I know I've been in church a little while and I don't you know, I haven't seen it lately, but I know there's times in church where we say, if you want your blessing, you got to pray before the blessing comes. You have to be you have to be faithful while you wait. You have to be faithful while you're waiting for this blessing. So but we know it's going to come. So you should not don't faint. Don't give up. Don't be weary. Push forward because the blessing is going to come. The rooster reminds us that the Christians, we are as Christians, we are not children of the darkness, hiding in the shadows of death and sin. The gloom of night has been scattered by Jesus' death and resurrection. The rooster reminds us of the resurrection of Jesus as the rooster awaits the coming of a new day. So we await our new day in Christ. Finally, because the rooster is the first animal to call out the dawn of a new day, roosters were a reminder of vigilance. Jesus used the example of the rooster when he said, watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Every day we thank God for the wisdom of the rooster. It is the rooster's lesson that will carry us through every part of the day. That's an encouraging word. I want everyone to understand that rooster is faithful. So I, I saw a number of hands, and if you have a rooster, or I used to have roosters, I used to have a lot of roosters, but um, they're faithful, aren't they? Roosters are, they don't just crow one day and just decide, yeah, today is not the day. They do their job. They know their purpose is to say, hey, Something's happening. Get ready. God put that inside of them just for that specific purpose. There's, it's not a need. I mean, we could set an alarm clock or we could, you know, have, have people stand watch all night and wake up on shift if you want to be somewhere at an important time. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. But God chose the rooster. And the rooster is he's, he's encouraging you. Um, we need to know that, you know, we, we have many, many Many things that we value in our life and that we, we invest our time and our, our, our talents and, and parts of our lives that we invest in what it is that matters much to us. I've heard it said that if you want to know what someone is loyal to, you can look at where they spend their time and where they spend their money or what their checkbook says. And I've found that to be pretty true in, in, in my in my short time uh, walking with God. Um, and I tell you right now, um, everything doesn't always make sense to a new convert or a new believer. It's not easy to just 
stop what you were doing and change into something completely different. Does it happen? Absolutely. Does God's spirit change somebody? Absolutely. But it, it doesn't mean it, it's, it's, it's not natural. Uh, it's, it fights against our flesh and uh, against this flesh that we have right here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read a scripture, Proverbs 3, 9 through 12. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. So we need to understand that there's, there's a process. And I want to talk about this right here. This is, it's talking about the tithe. It's talking about the tithe, but it's talking about giving. It's talking about giving something. And, and that's what I want you to understand is that when you give to God, you don't have to worry if it's going to be good because it's going to be good. When you give it to God, it's going to be good. It doesn't matter if you give God your time. It doesn't matter if you give God your talent. It doesn't matter if you give God your money. It doesn't matter if you give God your, your heart or whatever you have to give. It's all good. And God is good. And he's going he's gonna to honor you. He is going to honor you when you honor him. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I can, I can tell you right now, that, that scripture kind of hits home for me in many different ways. But as I was putting this together, I, I reflected back on my life a little bit. Um, I, I, I looked at some old messages that I had, had, had preached before in the past or just, you know, kind of reminisce, I guess you'd say, or look for inspiration. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the Holy Spirit and if you're not a part of, of church and what God is doing, it may look completely insane uh, uh, what people do. Like, if, if you look at, I mean, I'm being honest. If you look at somebody who's just off the street and you say, well, I, I tithe 10% of my income every month. And they're going to look at you like, what? I mean, I mean, but they don't understand. It's a promise. It's faith. God's going to take care of you. God's going to honor you. God's going to work it all out. It's all good. It's all good. It's going to be good. So there comes a point in time where, where those things do change. Uh, there is great safety of the godly who put their trust in God's protection. When I was a young man, I didn't grow up religiously. Uh, I did some Sunday school. I went to a Catholic church a little bit. But I did uh, know some Christians, okay, obviously. Um, most people have come across a Christian's path, especially if you're sitting in church right now. But it wasn't a part of my everyday life. So it was foreign to me. And I, I didn't know a lot of Christians very closely, but the ones I did know and the ones that professed, professed their faith in God uh, openly, um, I respected them. I, I, I really respected them. And, and sometimes when you're young and you're maybe a teenager or a kid and you think you, you're like, ah, you, you're, you're a Christian, you're, you know, you're wimpy, you're, you're, not, you're not strong. Christians aren't strong. Christians are, you know, you depend on, on God for, for your supply. I mean, I, I take care of myself, you know, and, and people view things in, in a way that is, is, is how they live, the way they live. 
Um, and I knew that when I was becoming an adult, I started to seek after God. And I knew that the people that I knew were Christians, I always thought they had a special something. I could see it. I could sense it in them. They had a special something. It, it, was, it was joy. It, right off the bat, that's what it was. It was joy. But then again, it was also peace. It was joy and peace. And in a world like we're living in today, those things are, are coming to be in short supply. Uh, the world's going crazy, folks. I mean, I'm not even going to go down the road and talk about all the wacky things that are happening in the world right now. But the world is going crazy, and we need to focus our efforts on serving the Lord. We need to focus our efforts on strengthening the church. We, what does that mean? We need to strengthen one another. We need to love one another. We need to lift up one another. We, we can't just sit back and, and, and watch everybody else do the work. This is all hands in. We got to get on board with what's happening right here. This church is on a path. It is on a path. And it's going to heaven. This church is going to heaven. So get on board. Get in the ark. Get in the safety. And come be with the people of God. And see, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Kind of back to my, my, my pondering on my life. Uh, when I became an adult, I still didn't, didn't have God in my life. But I knew Christians and I respected Christians. And uh, that, that's a good start. Um, when I got to a point where I wanted to, you know, find a spouse or be, you know, start a family, I said in, to myself, I wasn't even a true Christian yet, but I said, I want to find somebody who's a Christian that can help lead me to God as, you know, a wife that's a Christian. And I found that, and we, we had a family and all that good stuff. Um, but what happened is that I was led to God in, in, a, in a way that, that I wasn't planning. And I think that's kind of how it happens to everybody. We're not, we're not necessarily sure of, of how God is going to maneuver in our lives. In our, in our spirit. And <clears throat> I, uh, I said that to say this. Um, I always knew that if I ever had children, I wanted my children to be saved. I wanted my children to have God in their life. Why did I seek a Christian wife? Because I wanted my children. I didn't even have children yet. But I knew something inside of here said, I want my children to serve the Lord. That's what I want. Um, and, and God is faithful, church. I will tell you right now, God is faithful. Um, I, I, am, I am happy. I am, I am proud of all of my children. I am proud of, of what they've done in, in, the, in the church and out of the church. Um, I just want them to understand right now. And if they're listening or looking at me, I, I want you to know that this is not a show. This is who I am. This is who we are. We're doing this because this is what Christians do. This is what Christians must do. We are going to continue on marching forward in the army of the Lord. <clears throat> as a Christian, I can proudly proclaim, and we can all proudly proclaim, as the psalmist wrote this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, 
which made heaven and earth, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and evermore. We can all proclaim that in the Lord. The Lord is great. The Lord is great. He is going to turn any situation into something good, no matter what it is that we may be facing. I know who my God is. How great a feeling it is to know that I can, I can summon peace when I need peace. I can, I can live in joy uh, from the Lord and rest and victory in my life, knowing a deep, meaningful way uh, of knowing God. I, I want to honor him. I want to be I want to be a, a loyal servant. That's what I want to do. I want to be a loyal servant to the Lord. Um, I'm going to read another scripture for you right here. And this is going to be Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I have a little story about peace I want to I uh, share with you. And it's very short. Um, if you don't, if you all don't know yet, this is like one of my favorite subjects that I go to in prayer is peace. Uh, I have five children and uh, growing or having a home with five kids, it can be a little hectic. And peace was the big thing for me. I, okay, I'll be honest with you. I, yeah, I was in the military. I I did. Uh, I went to combat. I, I was deployed a number of times and. I got PTSD, uh, you know, so that didn't help. So I, th I think everybody probably understood why did Brother Diaz always search for peace is because that I was being tormented by my past. I was being tormented by the thoughts that were in my head that I, I, that I couldn't get rid of on my own. And to be honest with you, I haven't had those thoughts in, in I, I couldn't, it's been years. It's been years. God is good. God is good. I'm telling you right. You may be struggling. Any don't. I, I'm not embarrassed to say I, I had a PTS or post-traumatic. I'm not embarrassed. It's, hey, people have a lot of things going on in life. Uh, you can suffer depression. There's seasonal depression. There's you know you can lose a loved one. There's many things that can cause you to to go down a, a path of, of of darkness. But we don't have to do that. We can we can look for God and look for His peace. So there's a story on peace, and I thought you would like to hear this. There once lived a very wealthy man who was willing to pay a small fortune to the artist who could best illustrate the presence of peace. Several artists brought paintings of sunsets and quiet meadows, but the man did not accept any of these. One day, as he was walking through, looking at the most recent attempts, two paintings captured his attention. One was a painting of a beautiful calm lake surrounded by lush green mountains. The water seemed as still as glass, and wispy white clouds danced in the bright blue of the sky. Next to this painting was another with vast differences. It was also a picture of a lake, surrounded by mountains, 
But the strong winds had whipped up the lake into a tempest, and the dark clouds hovered about the rugged mountain landscape, ready to release a downpour of torrential rain. The audience standing about watched with anticipation to see which one the man might choose to depict the story of peace. All were shocked when he did not choose the first, but instead chose the second. He could, how, excuse me, how could such a storm, storming seeing tell a story of peace? The rich man explained, the first painting was beautiful and peaceful, but it didn't tell the truth of where peace can be found. Anyone could feel peaceful upon a crystal clear lake with white clouds drifting across the sky and barely a breeze blowing across the water. Then he pointed out something in the second painting which everyone else had overlooked. If you peered closely into the mountains of the second, there was a waterfall. And tucked into a crevice of that mountain near the waterfall was a small nest on which a mother bird sat upon tiny blue eggs. The man spoke, this second painting is a picture of true perfect peace because it is within the storms of life we find real peace. Tucked into the side of God, knowing his presence will guard and protect us even in the midst of this world's storms. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So peace is not just something that is the absence of, of trouble. That's not necessarily what peace is. Peace is something that you can, you can get no matter the circumstance because it's inside of you. It's something that you hold inside. You have peace of mind. You have, you, you have um, you know, some people uh, have such degrees of stress that it causes ulcers in their stomach. And if they don't get the ulcers treated, you, you can actually die. You, it can kill you. you can, it, can, it can make a hole in your stomach, and you can die from stress, basically. That's what we're saying. You can die. I, I was on that boat. I, I was in the hospital. I had had a heart attack. I was on my way to nowhere good. And I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, when I realized there was only one solution to my problem, and that was Jesus Christ and him alone. So I turned to him. Thank the Lord that I, that I, I did have friends at the time that, that could help me and guide me. And this is the very church that I was saved in right here. Uh, I, it's, I, I think that's unbelievable. I'm ready for a new, new church. We're going to get it. It's on its way. But I tell you what, I'm thankful for the church that we have right now because there's many, many souls that we're going to see them up in heaven. They not, might not be sitting on the pews right now. They not, might not be filling these chairs. But when we get to heaven, we're going to see people that we used to walk with, that we used to talk with, that we used to spend time with, that we used to love on. And then, you know, whatever happened, those people, we're going to see some people up in heaven that you probably didn't expect to see there. And that's exciting. I'm excited to see people that, that are receiving the promise of God. Uh, and I, I would that all would come to Christ. I would that all would come to Christ. 
1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. We can't be foolish, church. We cannot be foolish. We need God. We need his power. We need, we need the word of God. There is great safety of the godly who put their trust in God's protection. I know who my God is, how great a feeling to have peace, joy, and victory in your life through knowing him in a deep, meaningful way who your God is. Catch him back up to where I was. All right. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Let me say this. If you were to look, and there are, there's, there's books um, that discuss the martyrdom of the apostles. How did they bear such great punishment? They, they, they bore the same, some of them bore the same punishment as Christ. They were crucified on a cross. Some of them were stoned to death. Others were burned or, or you know, just it's every single one of the apostles. But they made it through because of this. They were able to bear all of the trials and persecutions and still go forward because they were in the peace of God. They were, they were living with the peace of God on the inside. And that's how we need to be living today as Christians. The world is going to start falling apart. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anybody here has read the book of Revelation. But guess what? The book, this, this book right here, this word, the Holy Bible, it's going to happen. So far, everything that this word says has already played out exactly according to plan. So you better get ready for what's coming. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the tribulation debate, uh, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be waiting. I want to be prayed up. I want to be, I want to be living right. I want to be, I want to be loving people. I want to be helping others. I want to serve the Lord no matter what it is. I mean, there's nothing going to stop me from doing what I have to do. If the apostles could bear all of the persecutions that they did, how much more should we be able to do the little that God actually asks of us to do? Uh, I'm going to read a scripture from Deuteronomy. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, or be afraid, or fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and that shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doeth, uh, doth go before thee. He will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Uh, we hear a lot of scriptures talking. They say how many times in the Bible it, it says, do not fear. Be without fear. You cannot be. Peace and fear do not cohabitate the same space. Those, those, those things don't go together. So if you focus on the good, if you focus on the peace, if you focus on the joy, if you focus on the fruit of the spirit, the other stuff's never going to, it's never going to have a place 
to, to get you. It, the devil can't attack you. You're, you're, you're strong. You're, you're in, in, in strength. Uh, we, we need to, to understand that the devil has no power over us. The devil, has, the devil has no say except for what God allows. As our faith and walk, our relationship, closeness with God increases, so does our power with him. God, um, God, we have a mission, church. We all have a mission that we need to accomplish in the kingdom of God. And that, that mission is not always going to be exactly the same for each and every one of us. The end result is going to be the same, but carrying out your portion of, of the mission of the church is not going to be the same as, as mine. Yours is not going to be the same as mine. Uh, his is not going to be the same as hers. Young people is not going to be the same. It's all different. We're all different people, and God, God knows that. <clears throat> there is a spiritual battle that we are all in or should be in. Uh, we, need to be, we need to be aware. We need to, we need to walk with our eyes wide open. We need to understand that, that there is a spiritual battle going on every single day at all times. The, you cannot, this is not a fight you can step out of and say, I, I, I give up or I don't want to be part of it. If you do that, you're, you're, you're just going to get run over by the adversary, uh, no matter what. You got to stand and fight. We have to stand and fight. That's the only way we're going we're gonna to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're going we're gonna to make it to heaven. Uh, this church right now, I, I just feel that I, I know we're, we're pressing to a place that we've never been before. And I, I don't know how to express it completely, but I, I do know that, that I want everyone here to understand how much God loves you and cares for you and is, is, cares about the intimate details of your life. Uh, when I was in the military, one of the four primary responsibilities of a, uh, a non-commissioned officer was accomplishment of the mission. And guess what? As Christians, that is, a, that is still something that we have to do as Christians. We have to accomplish the mission that's put before us by Christ. And, and we, we do have help. We have ministers who help us. We have pastors who help us. We have evangelists, the fivefold ministry. We, we have help. We, we are not alone. You are never going to be fighting this battle alone. We have, fight, we, have, um, we have an army standing at our back at all times. We are protected. We, we, are, we are victorious. <clears throat> so I like to try to, I used to always keep my military mind uh, even after I got out, but it's, I've almost been out as long as I was in at this point in time, which is kind of crazy for me to even think. Uh, but uh, we all have a mission. Uh, we must maintain the mind of Christ if we want our thoughts and intents to be found right in God's judgment. What is the mind of Christ? It's what drove him to be sinless and perfect in all his thoughts and intents. I'm going to read Luke 2 and 49. says this, And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? This is the first recorded words of Jesus. I must be about my father's business. And then his last words recorded were, it is finished. So the question I have for this church, and this is a question I have asked before, what was finished? He completed his mission. He finished his father's business. 
all he was about his entire life. He wasn't about himself. He wasn't looking for a wife. He wasn't looking for this or that. He was about his father's business. From the day he was born until the day he hung on that cross and was resurrected from the grave. We need to be about our father's business church. And I just want to commend the church for, I tell you, this is, this is the friendliest church anywhere. Not just Carson City, not just Nevada. This is the friendliest church anywhere. We say meet and greet, and guess what? I mean, I see people shaking every single person's hand, and that's great. I love it. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if I've been to some churches in my life, that's not every church doesn't act like that, okay? And every church doesn't get preaching and teaching like we get here. We are, we are, we are the tip of the spear. I, I've said it before. Apostolics are really Honestly, we're the tip of the spear. We are the, like we're like the special forces of of Christianity, uh, if you will. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm proud of that. You know, some people say, "Well, what's your what's your religion? What's your denomination?" I say, "I'm apostolic." You know, I, and I know when I first started out, I'd be like, oh, "I'm apostolic," or "I'm Pentecostal," or "I don't know what I am." I'm just you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. But but now. It's, it's completely different. We need to be bold, church. We need to be very, very bold. We have what the world needs. We have it. Each and every one of us right now, under the sound of my voice, we have what the world needs. What you do in your life will be a direct result of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Your fruit will show what your thoughts and intents are. What we have, church, is very, very much. We have much. We have the complete revelation of apostolic truth in God's word, the oneness of God, the new birth plan of salvation, which identifies us with Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection in our acts of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with his very spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We have that, church. We have that. We have the greatest gift ever given. We, we have it all. His spirit will lead us into all truth and righteousness. The question is, how close do you want to be to God? How close do you want to be to God? Do you, wanna, do you just want to dabble? You know, some people, some people like, you know, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. I'm just, this is an example. I just say, you know, some people just come in, sit on the back row. Drop a dollar in the offering. They might clap their hands even. And that's about as deep as they get. And that's not a relationship with God in my book. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, folks, there is more than that, for not just for me, but for you and for all those that God would call. There is more. There is so much more. We need to be involved. We need to be, we need to be moving forward. We need to be busying ourselves in the work of the church. I want my father to be proud of me. I'm not going to live my life as a foregone conclusion with an attitude of, oh, it's impossible to live without sin in my life. I'll never be perfect. Why should I even try, right? I mean, don't tell me those thoughts have never crossed somebody's mind. Those thoughts have probably crossed every single person's mind. I'll never be perfect. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have sin in my life. Uh, I, I've, I've stumbled again or whatever's happened in my life. But, you know, 
we have to understand, get up. Get up. Get up and let God. Get up and let God lead you back. Get up and let God take you where you need to be, where you want to be. The battle is already won, but I will push forward until I am sitting in heaven. I'll push forward for my children. I will push forward for my grandchild that I have now, and, or grandchildren that are to come, and, and their, their kids. I'm, I'm not just, it's not, as, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about him. He wants to save as many as he can, and I'm going to do my part. Some may say that God doesn't care if I do this or if I do that or if I pray or if I fast or if I dress a certain way or if I miss church or if I pay tithe. God cares about everything, church. God cares about everything. He is supremely concerned with you and your life. He cares about every detail. He counts the hairs on your head. God cares. He does care. You need to stand up. Get straight, move forward, and, and, and hunker down. Get in prayer. Get in, get in to intercessory prayer. Uh, when's the last time anybody has even attempted to get into intercessory prayer? That's a serious question, and I'm asking myself too. But I'll tell you right now, we need to be doing that, church. We need to be doing that, church. It's important. It's important because it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him. And it's about the lost souls in this world. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and 3 through 5 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity Every thought to the obedience of Christ, the thoughts and intents of your heart, they matter. That's exactly what God is looking at. God's looking at the inside. God's not looking at the outside. God doesn't care if Brother Diaz went and got a haircut uh, yesterday because I didn't. But he doesn't care. He's he, he not interested in how I, I, my appearance. I mean, he wants me to be nice and all that, but, you know. God just wants me to be available. God just wants us all to be available. Open your hearts. Open your hearts to him. When we, when we have altar call, let's pray with one another. Let's lay hands on one another. We don't have to go shaking people around and getting all ridiculous. There's time for that. There is. There's time. But I tell you right now, there's always a time to pray for somebody else. There's always a time to pray for your brother or your sister. We need, to, we need to take church seriously. This is not, we don't come here playing church. This is our life. This is, this is eternity at stake. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fighting the good fight. We're all in the same fight. We are all in the same fight. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil has no power. The devil has no power. What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying you, you shouldn't have fear in your life. None of us here should have fear in our life. 
Why? Because it's all good. Living for God is all good. Even when you fall, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. God is going to make a difference in your life. God's going to pick you up. It, he knew you were going to fall, okay? You're not, you're not tricking God or you're not, you're not pulling a fast one on him. He, he knows what's going on. <clears throat> Second Timothy 4.18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I know I like to read a lot of scriptures, but I, I can't help myself. It's just something that I do. Um, I'm going to start wrapping things up. If we can get the um, musician to come. Um, <clears throat> I just have a, a few more a few more scriptures, and I'm going to put this thing to bed in a, in, a, in a Christmas fashion, I hope, <laughs> since we're so close to Christmas. Uh, I'm going to read this scripture, though. One, 1 John 5. Three through five. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? That's us. Our faith and hope is in him. We, we are in the driver's seat. We are, we are in control of where our, our eternity is going to go. I just know that uh, tonight, I know there's, there's, uh, there's about 30 more scriptures I could read right here, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm a little bit schizophrenic tonight and bouncing around, but... Um, I do want to uh, I do want to say this God has brought us here together church and we are stronger together the church is a body fitly framed fitly put together we all have a we all have a part to play I want to do my best to play my part and if you haven't figured out what it is that God has for you I ask you to come down here into this altar and talk to God open your heart to him right now open your mind let your spirit embrace the spirit of God God wants to do a work in you God wants to do a work in me there's so much going on in this world that we could never make it without him. If you live in the United States of America, you are living in the top 10%, no matter your income level, it doesn't matter. You're still in the top 10% of people of earning, of earning an income. There's people around the world, they get paid a dollar a day or the equivalent of what a dollar is or $2 a day. That's not for 
typing on a computer or answering the phone. They're digging ditches. They are, they're, they're digging holes, okay? We have a lot to be thankful for, church. We have more, we have abundance in, in our life. We need, to, we need to do something that's going to make an impact on eternity with what we're doing right here. I'll tell you a little story to finish up because I think you'll like it. One day a rich man decided to take his son on a trip to the country. The wealthy man wanted to show his son how the poor people lived so he could be thankful for his wealth. They spent two days on a farm of a very poor family. On their way home, the rich man asked his son, how was our trip with this poor family and what did you learn? The son answered, I saw that we have servants to serve us, but they serve others. We have one dog, and they have four dogs. We have imported lanterns in our garden, and they have the stars at night. We buy our food, but they grow theirs. We have a big pool in our garden, but they have a creek that has no end. We have large walls to protect us, and they, and they have friends to protect them. Finally, the son added, thanks, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. That's, it's, hey, that's the whole enchilada, as they say. We need to be grateful. We need to understand that we are living in the overflow right now. Let's pray right now together. Let's, let's lift our hands, lift our voices. Jesus, we thank you, my God. You're doing such great and mighty things here in this church, my Lord. I pray that you can, you can move hearts and, and create ministries, God, and, and, and heal, heal wounds, my Lord. You are the great physician, Jesus. We have prayers that we pray over and over and we're not going to stop God because we know you listen and you hear and you are going to work it all out to our good Jesus it's all good as long as we're with you God it's all good as long as we follow after you and your will my God hallelujah Jesus I pray right now God Reach out to him. Let's lift our voices. Jesus, we love you, God. Come in here right now, God. Sweep over us. Give us a presence of your spirit, my God. We are here for you today. We bow down to you, my God.
That's it, so ARC. Let's pray all over the house right now. Let's seek after God. No matter what you're going through, it's going to be all right. It's going to be good. Continue to trust in the Lord in every situation, in every aspect of your life. Seek after God. Seek for joy and peace in every situation right now, all over the house. Everybody lift your hands and begin to pray. Hallelujah. Begin to seek after God right now in Jesus' name. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn See you. 